and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we are facing every day. And I'm your host, Karen Davis-Thompson, and this is a solo episode, guys, so it's just going to be you and I today. It's been a few weeks since I've done that, and I gave a little bit of thought of what I wanted to do when I realized earlier this week that it was National Infertility Awareness Week. And I was going to have a guest on that I'm actually going to save for another time. Um, And I decided, you know what, I have a story to tell around this. And I felt led to just do this, uh, just me and the mic and you guys today. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my infertility journey. um, What I think makes me a little unique from others who have maybe walked this way. Um, Again, as with most things, if you've never actually experienced it, lived it, you don't understand it. Hence the name of this podcast. And so I want to just hopefully encourage some of you out there today who may be suffering with infertility, dealing with infertility, and you may be doing it um, in silence. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. So if you follow me at all, and if you've listened to this podcast, I've talked about a little of this before. So if some of it is redundant, do forgive me, but I am always optimistic that we have new listeners every week. So for some of you, this may be new. So quickly... Um, I've always known that getting pregnant was probably not going to be very easy for me. So my sisters and I are all five years apart. My mother didn't use any type of birth control and decide, okay, now I'm ready to have another one. She wasn't doing anything to prevent pregnancy. Um, that's just how it happened. So, um, every five years she had a baby. That's just how it was. Uh, And so I thought, you know, mm, that's not the norm when you are um, not trying to prevent pregnancy. You're married, um, but you're only having a baby every five years. As I got older, my cycles were heavy, painful. Um, It it was a horrible time of the month. I mean, no woman enjoys it, but uh, there were definitely some issues there. And as I, you know, as I could see it as, as a young, you know, young woman, late teens, early twenties, and, uh, it could be debilitating. I'm talking, you know, some days, I mean, some months I was on some sort of pain mid, like the whole time there were times when the cramps would start days before I actually started my cycle. It was a hot, wretched mess. Right. So, um, I go into the doctor after uh, my husband and I have been married for um, maybe a year or two. And honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I went in for the pain. It was becoming way too much. I mean, I might have to miss work. I'm doubled up over in the bed. It, it was just becoming like this. This is not the norm. This to me, this should not be what's happening. And so I go into the doctor and part of the reason I went to was I was late. And I mean, late, late. I had had a cycle in several um, months, but I had taken multiple pregnancy tests and they were coming back negative. So we go from a pretty um, standard, you know, I could run my clock by my cycle to like now nothing. It was just, I was all over the place. So I go in, not pregnant. Um, he gives me medicine to induce the cycle. Who, who the heck knew you could do that, right? So I start my cycle again, same problems. So I go back in. He does some testing, sonogram, ultrasound, and discovers that I have two major issues. I have fibroids and I have endometriosis. 
So endometriosis is um, a condition that, uh, as with a lot of things, impacts women of color, African-American women, Hispanic women at a larger rate than white women or non-Hispanic women. And um, it is worsened by hormone production. So every month as I am producing hormones, it is uh, actually attacking my reproductive organs. So there's scar tissue on the ovaries, the whole nine. And then fibroids are um, like tumors, for lack of a better word, that were uh, lining in a part of my reproductive system. And there were multiple fibroids. So in my um, mid-20s, probably, I had the fibroids removed. And they were large enough that my doctor was concerned about just going right in and removing them. So he put me on medication. It's called Lupron. And some who have walked this way may have heard of it. And it tricks your body into thinking you're going into menopause. So it gave my body a break from the hormones, which helped with the endometriosis. Because if you're going into menopause, you're not producing hormones in the same way. And it also gave the fibroids a break so that they would shrink a little bit so that there would be less blood loss. He was concerned about the amount of blood I could lose because they were a pretty decent size. And I had about six or seven removed. Enough that wasn't going to be no room for no baby. I don't care what I did. Right. So I go in and I have the fibroids removed. Now, mind you, you know, there are several procedures that go with this. So you have a laparoscopy, which is a minor procedure. They still have to put you under and they go in with the little camera and he was able to get rid of some of the scar tissue and the whole nine and see the fibroids. So you have to have that procedure done. So then after we have that done, we start the Lupron and then I go in to have the surgery. I have the fibroids removed. Um, there was more scar tissue that he needed to take care of on the ovaries. He felt like, um, he was going to have to remove one of them. I had signed for that. If that was the case, he was able to save it. So, um, that's what we did. And, um, I come out and about a year later, year and a half, I'm starting to have some of the same symptoms. And, um, I go back and the fibroids are returning. Now for some women, when you take them out, that's that, that was not my story within less than two years, they were returning. Obviously they were smaller, but it meant that at some point I was going to find myself back in the same boat. So at that point I began to, um, advocate for a partial hysterectomy, which was radical because I was not yet 30. Uh, But when I say I was a little different on this journey, I never really cared about whether or not I got pregnant and had children or adopted and had children. Um, It did not matter to me. Quite frankly, I preferred to adopt. That was the that was a first choice for me. And that is different for a lot of people. For some women really trying to have a biological child is important to them. And I'll talk a little bit about that more in a minute. But for me, um, you know, I'm just telling my journey at the moment. For me, that was not the case. And so I began advocating for a partial hysterectomy, which he did not want to do because he felt like my doctor at the time, he felt like at my age, I may grow to regret that. I am now in my 40s and I've never regretted it. Uh, So after several months, I had to take my husband with me, child to the doctor and everything. He finally relented. Um. By that time, my son was a toddler. We were still foster parents. So being a mom 
Um, I had fully embraced my role and the way I was going to become a mom. And I was totally fine with that. And so before my 30th birthday, I had a partial hysterectomy. Oh, I'm sorry. And I got it mixed up. That's when he went in and there was scar tissue on the ovary and he thought he was going to have to take one, but he was able to save it. But, um, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, the fibroids were coming back. The, the, the tissue scar tissue from the endometriosis was all over the place. It was, it was a mess. So, um, as I said, before the age of 30, I had a partial hysterectomy, which is not, is not usual unless there's some sort of, you know, um, you know, cancer or something along those lines. But for me, it was the best choice to make. I wanted to be able to raise my children and not have to deal with this issue um, that for me, it, it just wasn't important enough to keep those reproductive organs. It just wasn't. And so that was the choice that I made. Um, he did indicate to me because when he first went in and removed the fibroids, he was really proud of himself. And I think I've told the story before. And he told me that I had this small window, you know, to try to get pregnant. And I was like, close the window, sir. <laughs> Give me birth control, whatever you need to do. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, my baby was like when he, you know, I had the first surgery, you know, my baby was like nine months old. Have you lost your mind? Oh, no, I'm not trying to get pregnant, sir. I don't think he believed me. I did this for relief for the pain. Um, and I said, you know, we gave it a try before we started fostering. Um, you know, and then we tried while we were foster parents, it just didn't happen. And he said to me, you know, with the number of fibroids that you had, it doesn't matter how much you wanted it to be. So if you were wanting to have a child biologically, it was not going to happen. There was just no room for a baby with all those fibroids and the size they were right. And so, um, I said to him, yeah, I, I don't think you're getting it. I'm so not trying to get pregnant. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that. Um, and so for me, it was uh, the best decision for me to make. And I've always been vocal about it. And I'll talk about why in a minute. But I want to go back a little bit. For some women, having a baby biologically is extremely important. It's the way that they want to be a mother. And when you're told that this thing that you all assume, you know, all you, you know, women have the uh, organs and the and the body parts and whatever you need to, to to have a baby, right? To get pregnant. And when you are told that this isn't going to be for you, um, it can be isolating. It can be um, devastating. I've read multiple stories of women who just, I mean, went into a depression, who felt like they were being punished. Uh, and a lot of times they suffer in silence because there is still, and again, in communities of color, this stigma around, there's a shame around it, you know, just as there is when you ha get pregnant and you um, have um, a miscarriage, there's this sense of shame that you, that, that the woman, that this person has done something wrong. Um, disproportionately women of color are impacted by infertility. And we're also impacted by this belief, you know, when you look at it, you don't see a lot of women of color going into offices for IVF, right? That's, that's something white women do, right? Um, you don't see a lot of them. You know, I had a girlfriend who said to me as she was thinking about her own journey that she was talking to her doctor. She wanted to use a sperm donor, which is another thing we don't talk about in communities of color. And, um, she felt like, you know, if she wanted a child and she wanted the donor to be African-American, her pool of applicants was very slim. 
And until she brought it up, the doctor had never thought of it. Because again, in communities of color, we don't really have those conversations. Uh, One article I read, a black woman talked about her inability to get get pregnant and it took two cycles of IVF and shots and the whole bit. And she was, it was really a difficult time for her because it's like, you know, they view women of color, black women, what have you, as like baby making machines. You know, that's what you see. That's the public perception when that isn't the case. And she really went through a rough time before she and her husband were able to have their son. And I want any woman listening today to know that um, you don't have to be like me. As I said, I I didn't necessarily want to be pregnant. And I know that makes me a lot of people thought I was really weird, but I didn't. I felt my calling in motherhood was to adopt. And that is what I wanted to do. Um, But if your journey means that you want to at least give this a try, I just want you to take a moment to remove the shame that you're walking around with right now um, and, and let that go. And I know that's easy again for me to say because my mentality was different. But part of why I started this podcast was to be a voice for women of color, to allow women of color a platform and to say the things that need to be said that maybe some people are afraid to say. And so I want to give you permission to let go of that. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you as an individual. Um, it just means that your body works a little differently and you may need a little help. And there is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, if you want to do IVF, do IVF, do you? If you want to use a sperm donor, honey, use a sperm. Whatever you need to do, do that. Walk in it and do not allow anybody to make you feel less than because this thing isn't happening for you. And I know that's hard when you look at other women, right, who seem to get pregnant so easily and don't want to have take care of the child. And here you are longing for the opportunity to be a mom, to feel that life growing inside of you. And you feel like it's being denied. And there are women walking around here, leaving babies on doorsteps not have taken care of them. And it's like, really, really God, like, like really? And I am dying to devote myself to being a mom and I can't get there. And I know that that has to be devastating. And I can't imagine how you must feel. Um, I know as a foster parent, it used to irritate the living daylights out of me to see these, you know, people like foster care, adoption, whatever, there are times when it is there because people know that they're unable to care for a child. And so they want to find a family that is going to be there for that baby and take care of that child. But there are instances where it's there because these children are not being taken care of properly. And it is aggravating as all get out to see that and, and to witness it. And I can only imagine, I know it upset me and adoption was the path I chose. I can only imagine how you feel when pregnancy is what you want. You are turning your body inside out and it doesn't seem to be happening. So I am giving you permission today 
to let all of that go, to not worry about the stereotypes, to not worry about what other people may think. Um, you know, cancel out the noise. How many of you are married and you've been married for some time and you get the, well, y'all ain't had kids yet question. How many people get that? Right. It's almost like it's some sort of formula. Girl marries boy, girl and boy have baby, you know, like it's that that's supposed to be, maybe you don't want kids, which is another thing that blows minds. Like, what do you mean? You know, there are some women who do not want children and that's okay too. Um, but it's almost like people feel compelled to ask those questions. Like, when y'all gonna have a baby? When you gonna mind your business? I mean, for real, you know, and they don't see anything wrong with it. And a lot of times it's family members. Uh, sometimes it'd be complete strangers. You know, some of the questions I got were like, I, I, we don't, I don't even know you like that for you to be asking me something that ignorant. But um, I want you to let all of that, cancel out all that noise. Um, don't worry about them not understanding the whole IVF thing. If that is what you want to do, baby, do it. Because nobody understands the walk if they've never been in it, if it isn't what they want, if it's not. You know, if you were able to have babies, if somebody, you know, just blew you a kiss and you was pregnant, you don't understand what it's like to be trying and it's not happening for you. So you don't understand it. So it's a reason why you don't understand why they're doing IVF because you didn't have to do that. That's why you don't understand it. So I want you to be bold and to uh, take this week to step out of that comfort zone and post about, you know, it's a few days left. You know, I post a new episode every Thursday. So infertility awareness week is all this week. I want you to take a step and be bold. Um, if you don't want to put it out on social media or publicly, just write down not only how you're feeling, but write down that as of today, I will no longer blame myself, my body for whatever this is that is causing me to not be able to get pregnant. I am no, I am going to release that. What I'm going to focus on is doing what I need to do to be a mother on the journey that I feel God has for me, whatever that is. Um, I just want you to write that somewhere. You don't have to, if you feel strong enough or bold enough, put it on social media. Just put up a, a tag about Infertility Awareness Month and say, you know, I, I'm going through it too. And for all of my sisters out there going through it, you know, give me a heart a like, a thumbs up so that we all know we're not in it alone because you are not alone. Um, I, I, infertility was my story from day one. The man flat out told me, sweetie, with all of those fibroids, you were not, would not have been able to have to, to carry a baby. It just was not going to happen. Um, and I want you to, you know, in your mind, just really decide what is best for you and walk in that. Um, if you want to try for a while and then look at adoption, do that. If you want to keep trying until you reach success and you don't want to consider adoption, do that. If you decide that if I'm not able to have a child biologically, then motherhood maybe is not going to happen for me as painful as that, as that might feel, then you do that. Don't allow anybody, not even me, because I know that I am a strong proponent of adoption. And I will say that it does break my heart. When I hear women say, you know, I guess God just doesn't want me to be a mom because you can do it through adoption, but maybe that isn't what you want to do. 
right? So if that's not what you want to do, then don't do, you know, if you're, if you're married, that's a conversation you and your husband have. If you're single and you're trying to walk in this journey and you want to be a parent, cause that's a whole nother can of worms. My God, how is it that you want to have a baby and you're not married? You know, because newsflash, not everybody gets married. I'm just saying, you know, there are single women who have decided, okay, by this point in my life, if I haven't found a, 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 you know, if I'm not married, I still want to experience being a mom. I don't want, I don't want to lose that opportunity. That's your right to, as weird as that may seem to people, that you, you can do that too. You want to go and use, you know, get a sperm donor or whatever. That's your right also. But I don't want you to carry around the guilt and the shame and the quiet um, suffering that I know women go through that I've talked to that I've read about um, it, it. You don't you don't need to do that. And if you don't get anything else out of this episode and it won't be a long one today, um, I just want you to get that out of what I'm saying to you today. I want you to be. Be bold in your truth and stand in it and don't let anybody tell you different or make you feel as though you are less than um, because this is a struggle that you're having. I don't know why you were chosen for the struggle. I don't. Maybe it is to help the next woman that you encounter who's going through the same thing. Um, I, I don't know why. I know for me, I believe that the struggle was so that I could share with other people that I could be a voice and an advocate for adoption and not have that small part of me that was still, you know, longing to have had a child biologically. I, I wasn't made that way. That's not how God made me. He did not. He made me to be an advocate for foster care and adoption. And he made me for the two children that he gave to me. He gave them to me. Though they were born into this world to be mine. And that I could cry makes me so happy. And, and, it does, and I did not have to birth them and it doesn't change anything. But he made them just for me. And he made me to be on this journey to encourage women who are thinking about adoption to know that it's okay to do that. But he has also given me the understanding that that is not, the journey he may have for you. So you, you walk in what God has for you when it comes to this, um, this infertility struggle that you're having. Um, I think that it's important to find a support group, to find your tribe, uh, other women that can hold you up. Maybe other women who understand what it's like Maybe other women who are willing to be a listening ear. Um, you know, don't leave your husband out if you're married. I mean, he can be there for you too, but there's nothing like another woman who has felt what you're feeling, right? There's nothing like that to be able to talk to somebody who has, I mean, everybody's journey and story is different, but the path is the same. They, they understand the path that you're on because their path was similar too. And so I encourage you to find a group of people who will support you, who are not asking stupid questions, um, who are just there to listen and to provide um, uplifting and to give you the support you need 
as you walk through this journey. Um, And that's really all I had today. Um, I just wanted to love on you a little bit and let my sisters know that um, you are not alone. And even though my path or my, my, my walk on this path was a little different, I understand how you feel um, to some extent. You know, I, I can't 100% know what you're dealing with every day, but I understand that it has to be difficult because I can't imagine what I would have done if even even as an adoptive mom, that the road wasn't easy. And there were days when I felt like I know this is the path that he wants me to go on, but it ain't easy. You know, I had children in my home that I loved on and that we had hoped to adopt and that did not happen. And it was a it was a sucker punch to love on these babies and want to be there for them always and to know that I would not be able to do that. So that loss, that feeling of, Lord, I thought this is what you, you know, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but golly. So I know that disappointment too, even in my own walk, even though I was very clear on the way I wanted it to go, the way I felt God wanted it to go. It wasn't always easy. Uh, And I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you during this week um, and that I am praying that whatever you decide is best for you, that it brings you peace, that it brings you hope, and that it brings you just a sense of just, I guess, solace that, you know, this, this is the, this is my journey and it doesn't matter what anybody says. I'm, I'm still perfect. Even in this infertility, I, I am perfect and I am made the way God wanted me to be made. Who knows what would have happened if pregnancy was a little bit easier for me? You know, who knows what, what would have happened? I don't know, but I know that what God had for me was for me. And it's those two children that I have raised and that I love and that I am their mother regardless of how it came to be. Those were the children God had for me. And I want you to know that the same will happen the way it's supposed to happen for you. So my queens, I hope that that was helpful to you. If you know a woman who is going through infertility, you know, encourage her to listen to this. Um, If you want to be there to support her, do that. And just help her to know that um, she isn't alone. And that you're there for her as she goes through um, what can be a really, really lonely place. Um, that you're there whenever they want to talk. Um, I'm going to put information in the show notes um, about Infertility Awareness Week and things that you can do to support. Things that if you're going through infertility, you may want to try to find your own voice and begin to know um, That you're wonderful, you're perfect, and you're not in this thing by yourself. That's all for today. Um, As always, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. And until we have a chance to speak again, be blessed.